Hey, I'm excited for today's talk about being true disciples and really part two of last week, a continuation. Uh, we've been in John 15, 1 through 17, and uh, all the text is, is there on the app for you to follow along with. But it says in verse 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. Challenging us to love one another, Jesus concludes in verse 16, you did not choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command, love each other. Our big idea for these two weeks is Jesus challenges us to be true disciples and uh, to produce much fruit like true discipleship. I mean, we're challenged here by Jesus promising us that I chose you. I appointed you to go produce lasting fruit. So how do we step into this? What have you been appointed to do uniquely, Open Life, that uh, maybe a person next door has not been challenged to yet? What are we stepping into? And we looked last week at what we need to become to step into what we've been chosen and appointed to do. We need to become more like Jesus. We need to see like Jesus. The harvest is ripe right now, you know. And we need to be expecting like Jesus that the, the harvest will be harvested. We're sent out as harvesters. So we have a vision to lean into discipleship, to begin true, being true disciples and experiencing the fruit of the harvest in keeping with true discipleship. So let's jump in. Matthew 28, 19 again said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples, right? Even newer disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. This week, we turn our attention towards what we're uniquely chosen and appointed to do at Open Life. And the first vision we have is true worship, true worship, uh, not worship out of habit or obligation or uh, not worship within the same confines as ancient rhythms, but true worship out of a genuine heart for a growing relationship with God, that growing relationship with Jesus. John uh, 4.23, Jesus challenges us. He says, the time is coming, indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father's looking for those who will worship him that way. I see people discovering the power of becoming true disciples and being those that would step into or enter into true worship. We're challenged this way in, in the writings of Paul in Romans 12, one through two. So dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is true, truly the way to worship him. 
Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Yes, I want that good and pleasing and perfect will of God in my life. And I hope you desire that true relationship with him as well. True worship is something we develop every day. It's a lifestyle, right? It's a growing relationship with Jesus. True worship doesn't have a specific time of the week or time of one day that it is experienced. True worship is not constrained by physical presence or time. We, you know, uh, true worship is not about methods, uh, locations. True worship is about being uh, it's, it's really about our heart being completely surrendered to God, right? That spirit and in truth through growing and active relationship of faith with Jesus. True worship is free from facade. We're not going to fake it. We're not going to put on the, uh, yeah, I'm doing great face when we've really been ab abandoned from God. We've been missing. We've been absent. Um, it's truthful with God and those who are encouraging our faith. We need true worship. People who are, are thankful and humbled before God have any way, shape, or means to connect with each other and with God and grow their relationship. That's what God is hungry for. As we said last week, when we read 2 Peter 1, that we should make every effort to come together to grow these elements of our faith beyond salvation, every effort. If we're true with ourselves, are we there, right? I mean, we're called to connect with God and each other, right? 2020 has introduced us in so many new ways <laughs> to worship both individually and together to connect with God and each other. You know, we've been able to uh, do preaching and teaching online here. We've been able to um, meet in person outside every other week, then weekly uh, uh, with different strategies. We've been able to, to read the scriptures together, uh, even digitally. We have been able to use amazing tools like Right Now Media so that we could strengthen our growing growth groups and be able to sharpen each other's faith. The best way to flesh out our true worship is in relationship with others while we're growing our relationship with God, right? Groups is mission critical. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one, uh, one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. A friend of mine posted this on Facebook the other day, and it says this. It's a great illustration. I doubt it's true, but listen to this story. A member of a church who previously had been attending services regularly stopped going. After a few weeks, the pastor decided to visit him, and it was a chilly evening. The pastor found the man at home alone, sitting before a blazing fire, and Guessing the reason for his pastor's visit, the man welcomed him in, led him to a comfortable chair near the fireplace and waited. The pastor made himself at home but said nothing. In the grave silence, he contemplated the dance of the flames around the burning logs. And after some minutes, 
The pastor took the fire tongs and carefully picked up a brightly burning ember and placed it to one side of the hearth all alone. Then he sat back in his chair, still silent. The host watched all this in quiet contemplation as the the one lone ember's flame flickered and then diminished. There was a momentary glow and then its fire was no more. Soon it was cold and dead. Now, uh, a word had been, not a word had been spoken since the initial greeting. The pastor glanced at his watch and realized it was time to leave. And so he slowly stood up, picked up the cold ember and placed it back in the middle of the fire. Immediately, it began to glow once more with the light and warmth of the burning coals around it. As the pastor reached the door to leave, his host said with a tear running down his cheek, thank you so much for your visit and especially for the fiery sermon. I'll be back to church next Sunday. Wow. Who do you know who needs this encouragement? who's isolated themselves, that needs to be connected. Who do you know? Because being connected is key to growing true worship with God. Open Life believes in gathering together to worship and experience God through the preaching and teaching of the scriptures. And we've made every effort to do so here <laughs> in the past few months. And it and yet I want to share our vision for the future of this. You know, most our most powerful expression of open life is in person when we all come together. We understand this. And we're so thankful that we have a space to gather right now. I mean, we're incredibly grateful for Rainier Hills hospitality. Uh, but uh, I want to be clear. God has called us to provide a worship gathering within the heart of Bonnie Lake and Buckley and the surrounding region, right? That will reach these 120,000 people who do not have a growing relationship with Jesus. And we're going to discover true life together, peace of mind together, and uh, we'll develop growing relationships with Jesus. And this continues to be our first and primary calling to the surrounding communities here. And our preferred worship time is Sunday morning. We're going to make available, we're going to grab a hold of whatever opportunity we have to truly worship God. But our goal is Sunday mornings. And uh, we envision returning to Sunday mornings in 2021. Do we know when? Absolutely not. Do we know where? Not yet. And uh, But these restrictions will loosen and God will open the right space for us. Uh, we're going to continue online. Uh, we, are, we are committed to our online family to continue more intentionally than ever before to develop unique, a unique service and ministry opportunities for those who are our online church. And maybe you're online because of COVID uh, or due to geographical restrictions. Maybe you're outside of our community and you wouldn't even be able to come in person. Well, we're gonna continue to pastor you. You will become part of open life like never before. That is our vision. We envision returning to, you know, in person and Sunday mornings locally, but we're going to continue to minister to those who are a part of our church digitally. Matthew 18, 20 says this, for where two or three are gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. I believe that's digitally, physically, 
and in groups. Can I share about groups with you? The most effective way for open life to build the church Jesus envisioned is through groups. It's through communities of people doing life with one another. Groups are where we truly get to know one another and discover how we are making it through life. Like how God can flesh out this true and genuine worship together. Something very true and genuine happens when we grow together in a smaller community. I envision open life being a church of groups versus a church with groups. Um, being our coming together in worship is our groups coming together to celebrate what God has done in their lives collectively. Groups has been that missing piece that negatively impacted us during pandemic. And I've shared this, but one of the things that has made this a little harder is that we did not have a strong groups ministry coming in. In fact, we should have been built on groups. And we're going to course correct that as we move ahead this is the church with a fresh commitment to true discipleship and true worship. And groups work both digitally and physically, but they don't work if you don't make every effort to be a part of them. So if there's not one that works for you, start one, right? Uh, this is where genuine relationships are forged, not in a lobby, not as we pass by during a Sunday gathering or Saturday gathering. In groups, we're able to have dialogues that help us get to know one another. So our goals here in this arena of true worship, man, we want to gather in person weekly and preferably on Sunday mornings. That's a goal. <laughs> Once again, do communion together and baptisms together while we're present with one another. To expand, second goal, to expand in our engagement in ministry within the online service. The third thing is we want to have every person within open life connected within a group. That's a big aspiration, but that's what we're going for. Uh, and to continue to provide resources to personally grow your faith. There's so many tools out there, and we're just going to continue to put forward ways that you can connect with God and each other. Vision number two, teams and tables. Teams and, and tables. Uh, we're called to serve God and each other, to love God and love our neighbors, right? God's vision for the world uh, following Jesus' ascension into heaven was to give his it, his church, right? His bride, the bride of Christ, his church. And God filled his disciples with the Holy Spirit. And the followers of Jesus became the church, a collective of those who followed the teachings of Jesus, who believed in the resurrected Lord. And this church quickly found itself growing as healthy churches do. And the only way to continue to be the church God envisioned was for each part to do its work. Man, we've read this passage before, but Ephesians 4 verse 11 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to this church, right? The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, to equip you, right? the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind and new teaching. We'll not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is 
the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body's healthy and growing and full of love. That's the church. That's what God has gifted us. Each of you has a special part to play in the works of God's church. There are teams for you right now to join. We believe every person who is a part of Open Life can serve at least once a month, serving in an area they are gifted and designed to serve. Your passion places. The teams you serve with become like family. It's very much the same as a small group because you're doing ministry together and sharing life with one another as you do it. Life to the full is not something God just poof, magically gives you when you choose to follow Jesus. Life to the full, true life is discovered as you put your gifts into work for the church, for God's kingdom, and allow them to just, God to flow through you without obstruction. That's when you feel this life to the full. Something way bigger than you is active. Uh, but the church is not just within the confines of serving on a team within a ministry context. We're called to serve those who are around our homes, right? I love the quote, I will not invite someone to church that I've not first served around my table. The table is a, a visual demonstration of our home, our neighborhood, our neighbors, if you would. Those around your table are your family. Those who are most important to you, your group, your neighbors, as you invite them in. We grow around tables. We're inspired in rows in a service environment, but we grow around tables. We do life and serve one another around tables. The bigger picture here is our neighbors, right? As we were challenged by Jesus in Mark 12, 30, it says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Love your neighbor. How cool would it be this year if we began a new rhythm? God's laid something on our heart, serving our neighbors even more strategically and calculated. Every three months, we desire that God would give us an opportunity to, to do a serve weekend uh, where we would love our city, just love our city well, love our neighbors well, finding ways to offer some opportunities for people to come together collectively or encouraging you to share the stories in which you've served your neighbors on a, a given weekend every three months. It's a fresh vision we're just seeing clarity on, but I want to put it out there. I'm excited about this. Our goals in this area are that every member of Open Life would serve at least once a month and every member serving on a serve weekend throughout the year. Uh, obviously, we're going to conclude with a serve weekend called the Community Big Give. It's going to be incredible and all of us can come together. But uh, vision three, share your story. Share your story. We are called to share our lives like with others. We're called to, to share our lives with God and each other. Man, I need to open up my life to those around me. It, just as 1 Thessalonians 2.8, our foundational verse 
indicates we loved you so much we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. What about the disciples? Jesus challenged them to wait and pray, right? In Acts 1.8, we can see him promise them as <laughs> right before they do this. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I believe God is anxious for us to share our story of his story. Like how is our Jesus story playing out and how is that visible to the world around us? The more we know the one who loved us, the more we love those he loves through us. We become vessels of his. You know, we can help, we can't help but share his story and how he's impacting and transforming our lives from the inside out. Again, this is where true life and peace of mind intersect. Uh, in our being active and sharing our faith with others, when we can articulate our story to those who need to hear something encouraging from our experience with Jesus, we experience this rush of life that's the Holy Spirit in us just saying, yes, you're being active in your faith. Sharing your time, talents, treasures, is really a result of the overflow of your story with Jesus, right? We're giving out of this unfolding relationship and it, it goes way beyond you and your story of surrender and obedience to God. It really impacts those who are observing your life. People will see the time you invest in your church, in your faith, the, the amount you share that there's another service online, they're going to take note what you're a part of, right? People will see you using your talents to fill these unique opportunities to serve in the community, the community of faith and community at large. Uh, when we come together, and even when we do come together in the future on a larger scale and move back to Sundays, we need all the gifts, all hands on deck to come together and make that possible again seeing that, that you are a part of something that is so impactful and uh, meaningful beyond yourself, people will take note that you're involved in something very special. People will see blessings come on you and you be free from the devourer, if you would, as Malachi 3 calls it, uh, as you surrender your generosity to God, as you continue to tithe, giving the first 10% of your income to the Lord, to the church, uh, not trying to get an investment back like a stock market gamble, but no, I'm going to be obedient and give the first tenth of my income to the Lord's kingdom and watch what he does with it. How beautiful when people see that you are a part of building something of a legacy around you. Man, our goal here is to see you share your Jesus story. Um, through your life example. Final two visions here uh, are, are to wrap this one up, are really to activate the previous three. Uh, vision number four is bold prayer, bold prayer. We're called to pray to the Lord for the harvest and pray that he establishes our steps as his church, like really 
hear from God. I love Psalm 127, one where it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the work of the builders is wasted. And we don't want to waste your gifts, your talents, your treasures. We don't want to waste your ability to serve. We don't want to waste your connectivity and your true worship. We want to make the most of it. It's time we make this recommitment to building with prayer as that foundation. Jesus had the disciples remain in that upper room when he challenged them right there in Acts 1 that we read a second ago. And he challenged them to share their Jesus story following that waiting. And what ended up happening is the Holy Spirit proclaimed the love of God through them and thousands were impacted. The deeper, more fulfilling way of of ministry is that that is built on prayer. And when we pray together, we can see the power of God move clear as the church extends our faith collectively, together. Um, Our goal is targeted calls to prayer. And we're actually brainstorming some opportunities where we can have times of fasting and prayer. And we look forward to sharing those really soon because we need to pray for our future. We need to pray for our church. We need to pray for people in our community who need Jesus. We need to build from that foundation. And finally, our final vision is this, vision number five, right spaces, right spaces. Isaiah 54, two through three says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in their desolate cities. We're called to strengthen our stakes and prosper the city. Jeremiah 29, 5 through 7 says it this way. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens, eat what they produce, marry, have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons, give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have Sons and daughters, increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Open life sees the need for a space within the community that will help us facilitate the goals we have shared today. Will you join us in in praying and believing and and, and sharing the need Open Life has for a space? What does it look like, man? Right now, Open Life is at the mercy of of those who have spaces that we've utilized, whether it's schools we're renting, theaters we're renting, now church we're, we're, we're borrowing on Saturdays. And if they say we can do church, we can. And if they say we can't, we're out. And if they're not renting, uh, we could have seasons of a challenge like we're currently experiencing. At a minimum, we know we need a 2,500 foot space where we could begin to facilitate ministry and discipleship and groups and youth and, and, and really be a foundational place in the community, solidify our presence beyond our ministries, which are incredibly valued to the community. Uh, It's the physical expression of the church to the community that will build roots, as we spoke of previously. It would be our, our passion to establish within a desolate space, a space that needs revitalized. If we don't come along, it would sit, right? And uh, it's been left behind and we could redeem it and use it as a place where true discipleship can facilitate true worship 
And uh, this is not the place uh, that we're praying for where we will be for the rest of our existence and legacy as a church. This is the first place that will pave the way for the right spaces of the future. I envision the promises of Jeremiah 33, 10 through 11 will be posted on the wall in this place. It's being true community members. And it says this, in empty streets, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and laughter. What a banner that would be to have over our church forevermore. So our goal is to find a ministry space for open life this year. I went from a 10-year vision to an urgent vision, and we need all of us on board sharing that vision so that we can find that space in the community. Not a bedroom in the back of a house, but a space where we could bring people together. We could record worship together. We could put out online services together. We could have a studio. We could maybe gather a 50 or 60 crowd together in, and and it'll take at least 2,500 to 6,000 square feet to accomplish that. Man, these are the aspirations and appointments on this church right now that we sense from God. These are the things we have been pruned and made ready for and we're believing for as we pray and march into the future. So can you pray with me? God, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come together online today. And I pray that God, uh, you would just touch this church, that God, you would shape us into uh, these true disciples, the, the true worshipers that you're calling for. God, that, that we would uh, connect and serve around teams and tables online and in person, God. That we would share our Jesus story this year like never before out of an overflow of what you're doing in us and we're celebrating. God, that we would become bold prayers, that we would lift up moments and seasons where we could declare the things of God over our communities and those we're serving throughout the world as you've called us to all nations. And God, I pray for right spaces. God, not only a physical space here, but a physical space that'll allow us to be even more intentional with our digital space that we're serving right here online. We give you praise for what you're stirring in us. Let it all come to reality as we pursue you as true disciples. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen, God bless you. The best is yet to come. We anticipate a beautiful story unfolding in our future together. Have a great day and we can't wait to jump into a new series next week with you. God bless.